Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. And I am so excited because this is the first time I've ever taken this podcast on the road. I am here in New York City, and my first guest in the Big Apple is Asa Akira. She is an all-around Renaissance woman. She is a porn star. She is a best-selling author. She is a candle maker. And she also hosts her own podcast in New York. So we're going to learn more about this amazing woman that has become such a big pioneer and juggernaut in the adult industry and in the mainstream industry as well. So everybody, welcome Asa Akira. Hello, everybody from New York City. This is Holly Randall Unfiltered, and I am in studio with the one and only Asa fucking Akira. Hi. Hi. How are you? I am so good. Thanks for having me. Are you kidding me? Thanks for having me. I'm honestly like, I'm really flattered that you showed up. <laughs> I kind of thought you were too big of a deal for me, and I was like, she's never going to Did you think I had no show? I, I didn't think you'd no show because I know you're professional. <laughs> I know you wouldn't just like not show up, but I just, I don't know. I thought you were like too busy. Oh, but Holly, I love you. Oh, but I love you. Oh. <laughs> so um, I've been here. So the whole reason I actually came to New York was, um, I mean, I, I've always wanted to have you on the podcast and people have been asking me a lot and I asked Spiegler and he's like, she's never in town. You're gonna have to go to New York. <laughs> and um, so I actually met, uh, I went to Danny Daniel's wedding and her makeup and hair girl works at the Book of Mormon. And so she actually got me a ticket, like front row tickets and what? backstage passes to the Book of Mormon. She's like, if you ever come to New York, I can get you that. I'm like, I'm fucking coming to New York. Yeah, that's that alone is worth Yeah, it. that's the entire reason that I came here. And then I'm like, okay, while I'm here, I'll make it like a working vacation. So right. I booked a workshop which paid for my trip here. And then I was like, well, I'm out here. I'll interview like two girls that I know are in New York that I really want to have on my show that I can't get in LA, Asa and Danny. And so That's you guys awesome. are here today. And so I'm this just whole like, trip is expensed and a write-off. I know. Yeah. I'm so, you know, cause I always got to work when I'm, even when I'm like traveling on vacation, there's always like work in the back of my head. I'm always like thinking like, how can I stick work in this? I'm the same. Yeah. Or else I can't enjoy myself. Yeah. Like if a day goes by where I've done nothing productive, like to me, I just fall into a deep depression and I'm like, I'm more, I'm worthless. I, I'm just, I should just. I can't like, you know how people will go on vacation and then they won't um, check their emails for like a week or whatever it is. They're like, no, I'm going to like disconnect. That gives me anxiety because I'm, it's always when you're gone and you're not checking your emails that some shit blows up mm -hmm. and you like a client is missing something really important. Um, you like a model didn't sign her release, like something that needs like my immediate attention. It's always when I'm out of town. Yeah. I can't imagine ever doing that. Also, like, I think I have the kind of low self-esteem where like, I'm scared that people will forget me if I don't stay in touch <laughs> for that one week. I'm like, oh my God, like that's, if I don't post on Twitter for a week, people will just forget I even exist. See, that's okay. 
that's amazing to me. And that is just this perfect example of like reality versus personal perception because you've blown up. You're like a huge fucking deal. Everyone loves you. You, you're one of those few girls that has like transcended the porn world and has broken into mainstream. And like, I think so many girls look up to you and think that you're such an incredible example of where they could go in their career. But then you're worried that people are going to forget you. Yeah. I mean, thanks for saying that. But yeah, I've also just been around so long. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, part of it, I think definitely part of success in porn is just like sticking it out and staying. Yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If you can like stay, then you can make it. That's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, and especially I think being Asian, I think a lot of the Asian performers just don't stick around. Right. So I think. Why do you think that is? is? You know, my theory is that we. We do. The stereotype is true. We come from typically stricter backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Our parents are a little bit more traditional, like in the sense that or more conservative, I should say. Yeah. So I think what I've noticed is a lot of times like the parents will find out and they'll leave or they get scared and they leave. Um, so I- I've noticed that like me, my parents don't care so much. Um, or a lot of the Asian current performers, like they're adopted by white parents <laughs> or just like, that's just what I've noticed. Obviously, like, I don't want to generalize, but that's just like the trend I've noticed. Is, right. and, and I think at any given time, I mean, you know, like there's enough Asian girls in the industry to make one Asian movie. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all five. you need. Is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There really aren't that many Asian girls in the industry at all. Yeah. Ever. So, and that's worked out for me. So, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> so when, so your parents were they generally like less conservative than most parents are? For sure. My dad's actually a photographer. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. And he, so he's already kind of a little bit more like liberal than the typical Japanese parents. Um, and he, you know, his parents were, his dad was a diplomat. So he like lived all over the world. And I think he just like kind of has a different outlook than like your average Asian stereotypical parent. And then my mom is, um, she, like, kind of works in, like, PR. Mm-hmm. So she's also kind of, like, a different kind of... So they work parent. in entertainment. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah. I never really looked at it like that, but, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, um, are, now, are they first-generation Japanese or... I always forget if I'm first or second. I'm the first citizen. Okay, so, yeah, you're first-generation. Right. So first-generation yeah. born here. Yeah. Yeah, so they are actually They're from, from Japan. Japan. They're immigrants, yeah. Okay. When did they move here? My dad moved here when he was 17. Okay. And um, he went to school in the Bronx and met my mom when she was here on like an exchange, student exchange program or something. Um, So she's been here a little, but they've both been here like 40 years or something. So you grew up in New York. Mm -hmm. So you've pretty much come back home because you live here now, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm still Mm -hmm. bi-coastal a little bit less lately. I've been mostly in New York for the past like maybe six months, but... Um, for the past a little bit over a year, I've been like perfectly bicoastal. So two weeks in LA and two weeks in New York. Do you feel like a serious baller being bicoastal? Because I I would be. I would feel like such you a know. Or is I it always, just a lot of time on a fucking plane and it's really annoying? It's. I mean, it's a little bit of both. Like I, I definitely when I left New York to go to California, 
it took me a really long time to admit I didn't live in New York because I think when you grow up in New York, you grow up with this mentality like New York's the best place in the world. Nothing well can compare. Mm -hmm. But then like after a while, I was like, fuck that. Mm -hmm. New York is freezing cold. Life is miserable. And I love California. Yeah. So and then I, I was like, I'll only go back to New York if I can like do the bi-coastal thing, which mm -hmm. I'm doing. Um, But it's yeah, like it's at this point, I'm like, OK, it's more a pain in the ass than anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So. Okay. So I've only been to New York a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And right before I came here, I actually had to go run an errand and I got completely fucking lost. And I went the totally wrong way. And then like 30, 36th Street like disappeared. And I just like, I was so frustrated. And like every time I would ask someone for directions, they would look at me like I was fucking retarded <laughs> because you guys like have straight streets and they all go a and certain they're numbered. way. And they're numbered. So like it shouldn't be easy to get lost in New York, but I, got lost in New York so and I also want to ask like do you just get used to the honking because it is constant honking yeah does it become like a song it's not even a song it's just it's not even background noise I just don't hear it like even and this is something I noticed when I moved out to LA mm. is like there will be like a dog barking for so long and and people will be like oh that's driving me nuts and like I literally don't even notice it yeah. Until someone says something. So yeah. I think noise is just something I'm Get, used to. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's funny in our industry because, you know, we hear a lot of noise of people having sex noise mm -hmm. and how we're able to just tune out. I remember the first time that I was working on a feature and I was actually just a photographer at the time I was shooting pictures for a director who was working for Adam and Eve. And I think it was actually a Caden movie. And I was in the other room and I was able to fully take a nap while there was an <laughs> anal scene going on next to me. Like absolutely no problem. Unfazed. Sleeping through like the screaming and like the moaning. It was just like, it almost lulled me to sleep. I mean, now instead of white noise, I just put on like porn. <laughs> yeah. You have like a porn machine. Yeah, I know, they right? You sell that at Brookstone. Like, <laughs> Speaking of, don't you have candles, stripper candles? Yeah, I stopped making them. <laughs> Where I was, did they actually smell good? They smelled really good. Oh, I wish I, I never gave you any. Damn, no. I should have. You don't so give me anything. It's, well, it started because like I'm obsessed with candles. Like mm -hmm. I have, one time I went around my house in LA and I counted all the candles on display and I had 86. Oh my God. And that's like not including my backup ones that I had put away. Yeah. So, and then my friend started a candle company um, called The Hundredth Acre. And I was like, oh, show me how to make candles and then I'll never have to buy candles ever again. Yeah. Um, so I learned how, and then like as I was making them as a hobby, like we were saying, I was like, how can I make money from right. this? Um, so I turned it into like, okay, I'm going to make candles and sell them. And it just like totally got out of hand. And it's right when I got my job in Barstool in New York. So it became this thing where like I, half the time I was in New York and then the other half of the time I was in LA waking up at 6am making candles until I went to bed at 10pm. And, like, that was all I was doing in California. Oh, my God. So it, I just, like, completely burned myself out. And um, and now I never want to look at a candle ever again. So do you not have 86 candles in your New York apartment now? I mean, I have a lot of candles. I'm not going to lie. But I buy them now. <laughs> <laughs> do you have the candles that have the timers on them that, like, turn on at a certain time, the fake candles? Oh, no. No, no, no. I'm a total, like... 
real candle I'm a candle girl. snob. Yeah, mm. like I am anti-fake candles. I'm like that with flowers. I hate fake flowers. Yeah. They, uh, they really disturb me. Yeah. I'm on fake fruit. Yeah, fake that, fruit is what the What the worst. fuck is that? Like yeah. that is just some bullshit. Like either you have produce or you don't. Yeah. Why do you need to have fake produce? It also looks incredibly fake. Yeah, it's clear. It's ob- I mean, I've seen some fake flowers that look like maybe yeah. they could be, but like. Yeah, it's it's like a principal thing, right? Yeah, like, I do like my fake candles though that turn on, and I do I do have a lot of real ones too. But yeah, I like because they like turn on all at the same time. Yeah, like, they the they evening, make them like nice. flicker now too. I yeah. I know what you're saying. I just I'm I'm like a. I'm not going to compare you. Of the thing. It's the principle of having the real. <laughs> I candles. have integrity only when it comes to candles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we got it. We got to have integrity about something. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of integrity, <laughs> so how did you get started in the industry? So speaking of integrity, <laughs> um, so actually, I always wanted to do something in the sex world. Okay. Um, like I was super like obsessed with the sex industry growing up. And you know what? My experience is almost like the opposite of yours Mm. because you grew up in it, right? So like for me, I grew up in New York City and I didn't know anyone in porn. Like it's, it simply does not exist out here. Right. Um, one, it's illegal to shoot out here, but like Mm -hmm. also just, it's, you just like, you know, in the Valley, everyone knows someone. Yeah. And you had family. Yeah. So. Like, you see, like, Bridget B. at fucking <laughs> at Trader Ralph. Joe's. Yeah. 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 Or, like, you know, you see, like, Caden at Spin Class. Bridget well, B. is the most porno-y looking chick yes. ever. Yeah. She's, well, I, inter- she was my last interview, and she's going to be, uh, before you, she's going to mm-hmm. be the next podcast. I love her. I love her, too. Yeah. She's so awesome. Um, also, she's peaking right now, I yeah. think. Like, she looks incredible. Yeah. Yeah, she really does. So anyway, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like I always wanted to do it, but I didn't know anyone. But then I was walking down the street one day with my ex ex husband, my first ex husband. And, um, so this like super shady looking dude just came up to me and he was like, are you interested in being in the adult entertainment industry? Uh, like the fact that and, someone would come to you out of the blue and say that, that is I know. so creepy. And like, I, and I wasn't in the industry yet. So like, right. I. I mean, I, I guess I was wearing like a crop top or whatever, but still, like he had that sixth sense. Mm-hmm. And he's um, like, "That girl's that a girl. whore. Yeah, I she's know a whore. It. Looking at her." <laughs> and I was, and I was like, "Absolutely yes," basically. And I followed him upstairs to his dungeon, and I started training the next day and became a dominatrix. And then I there I met a stripper, and then through stripping, I got on this radio show called Bubba the Love Sponge, and from there I met Gina Lynn. I don't know if you remember oh, her. Oh yeah, I remember her. And um and I was like, like you gotta get me into porn, like please I'll do anything. So I like took this like took a bus out to her house in um, Pennsylvania, and then I shot my first scene. It was Girl Girl for her production company. And then she like, and she was with Gold Star Modeling at the time. So they flew me out to California and the rest is history. Wow. Did you like doing dominatrix work? At the time, yeah. Like I'm not a dominant person sexually, like not naturally at all. And even now, like when I'm put in a role like that, like actually now I just like don't even take a role like that. Right. But before I, you know, when you're starting out, you kind of have to like take the roles that you can. Um, and when I would, I would feel super awkward and, like, not know the things to say. I would actually need a script. Yeah. Um, but when I was doing – when I was working as a dominatrix in the city, like, I was on drugs. So <laughs> it was – the words came a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I don't know. Like, because everything was so new and, like, I, I hadn't, like 
I hadn't even like identified myself sexually yet. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know if I was dominant or submissive. I didn't even know people were like one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like I, I, everything was so new that, and every, every day I was learning new stuff. So it was super exciting. Like I consider that to be like my college education. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah. But I mean, you are really, so you didn't go to college, Mm-mm, No. but you are very intelligent and you're a great oh, writer. Thank you. So do you read a lot? I read a lot. Okay. I read a lot. And um, my first job was at Barnes and Noble. Oh, really? Yeah. Remember when I, bookstores existed? I know. I actually saw a couple of Barnes and Nobles out here in New York. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, there's still bookstores. Yeah. So the one at Union Square, that's the yeah. one I worked at. And then actually I did a book signing there a year ago and they fired me. So that was really exciting. That, oh my God, that was amazing. <laughs> you like, like rub it in their fucking yeah. face. But I mean, in their defense, I was like the worst employee. Like, <laughs> Why? I mean, I was... I just remember like going into the job interview really high and like <laughs> being shocked that I got it. <laughs> so, and then like, I, I don't know. I was just, I was like 14 or 15. So, yeah. you know, I was the worst. <laughs> Did you say anything? Like, obviously there probably wasn't anyone working there that used to work there. No, there was. Oh, there was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like store managers and stuff. Like mm-hmm. people, n- not like cashiers, but like, you know, people who are like in charge of departments and stuff were still there. Um, and they like kind of remembered me, so that was cool. That's I, that's yeah. hilarious. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of writing, mm-hmm. um, your new book Asa Erotica mm-hmm. is out. It's funny because I've been kind of unintentionally promoting your book Thank in the you. last couple of podcasts. Not that I don't want to, but no, it's you just put that, it in a movie. Yes, I did. <laughs> Thank I you did. so much for that. <laughs> totally did a product plug with Asa's book because I needed a book for a twisty scene and it either has to be something with like a blank cover, which is hard to find, or I have to get a brand release from the author and that's usually very difficult. Right. And I just happened to have your books that I got from you at the book signing. And so I was like, oh my fucking God, this is perfect. So I totally like product placement and it was Casey Calvert who oh, was reading awesome. it because she has a thing in there, right? Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is so perfect. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. It was really good. I was happy to do it. But yeah, because I had Dana on and she read her part. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no, that's a lie. I read her part. And then when I heard her read her whole thing at your book reading, I was like, oh my God, this is fucking She's hilarious. She's so funny. She is so funny. She's like one of my all-time favorite people in porn. You two are very similar. You have a very like self-deprecating <laughs> yeah. sense of humor, but you're both like very funny and you're both very intelligent <laughs> But and you don't take yourselves very seriously, which no, is great yeah. because there's a but lot. We're also of- both really sensitive, <laughs> so I think we make really good friends. Yeah. <laughs> how do you handle like those? Because I mean, you have how many followers do you have on Instagram now? I think I have like I actually don't have as many as the other girls. I have like eight hundred something thousand, which is okay. pretty low for like the amount of time I've been in porn and yeah. like um. So, yeah, like it, my number is not incredibly high. My Instagram kind of sucks, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I mean, for. Because you can't put anything on there. Yeah. And I've been deleted so many times that I'm so scared to post anything. Yeah. And then also like I'm, I don't know, like I like to post the things I find funny or like pictures of my friend Glenny and like, you know, the average porn fan like doesn't want to see pictures of Glenny. Yeah. Who, who's like my friends so, <laughs> yeah they're like know. I want to see your ass I don't want to yeah. see this like random dude yeah yeah so um I, I don't know 
I, I'm trying to like I'm trying to be better at Instagram. That's my goal for 2018 yeah. is be better at Instagram. Do you read your comments that you get? Yeah, I, I read everything. Oh, because some of them are so just mean. awful. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I, I still read my comments on Instagram, but I used to read every single thing on the internet. Like I used to like literally just Google my name and read every single Reddit comments, everything. Ugh. And I told my therapist about it and she said something that like really resonated with me. And she was like, would you, she's like, if all these mean things were, were written about your friend, would you read them out loud to your friend? And I was like, definitely not. And she's yeah. like, so why do you do it to yourself? Like, that's so mean to yourself. Yeah. And so I was like, hmm, that's really true. So I stopped reading everything. A lot of times, too, I find that, you know, trolls comment because they just want your attention. Mm -hmm. They know that that's going to get their attention as opposed to saying, like, oh, you're so pretty. I'm a big fan. You're not going to respond to totally. that because you get a million of those. But when they say, like, you're an ugly whore right. and I hate you, you're right. going to be like, well, fuck you. Right. And then they're going to finally get your attention. It's just like right. a bunch of fucking children. It's true. Do you read everything? I do. I don't get that many, though. Mm -hmm. Um, and surprisingly enough, I think because I'm not a model, I don't get too many negative comments Yeah, because I don't put myself out there like that. Right. Right. So, I mean, I occasionally get some, I got some weird woman who apparently is an ex performer who attacked me because she said that I said that I didn't do porn in like a demeaning way. Oh God. That like someone like said to me on Twitter, like, are you a porn star or where your naked picture? That's already a losing battle. And I was like, I don't like model nude. I just, right. I don't, I don't know how I said it, but apparently to her, I said it in a way that was like, I don't model nude. I'm not a porn star. Right. Those girls are stupid. I like, I don't know how she derived that out That's of my comment. Kind of thing. But it's a losing battle though, because people like that are already looking to be mad. Right. So they're just going to project whatever, like, their shit onto your answer. Yes. Yeah. If, Usually the way that people you can't treat you has people. nothing to do with you. It has so much to do with them. Yeah. And that's something. Sure. Anyways, I ended up like blocking her because I was just like, yeah, I, I'm not going to fight with you. Like, I don't know where you got that from, but whatever. I mean, it's just, right. I mean, honestly, like I don't model nude because like, I don't look that great naked. Like <laughs> I really don't. Like if I had these amazing like tits that like the world, like Angela White, like needed to see, <laughs> I would show them to everybody because I feel like if you have tits like that, like the world needs to see them. Isn't it it's interesting unfair that... to like keep them down, but <laughs> But isn't it interesting that you're in an industry where you need to defend not being naked? I know, on right? <laughs> I know. And it's like, it's not that like I look down on people who do. It's right. just like, I don't look that good naked. I don't have that kind of self-confidence. I'm not an exhibitionist. The idea of like people watching me have sex like freaks me out. Yeah, no. And I think, and that's the norm, right? Yeah. Is like most people are not exhibitionists like that. And if you're not, you shouldn't. Yes. Like, because... That wouldn't make you happy. No, I, there's a lot of people. I think that porn can be an amazing vehicle for people who are in the right mindset for it. Totally. But if you're not, it can ruin you. I say that all the time. Like it's a perfect, it's the perfect job for a small group of people. And for everyone else, it's the worst job. Yeah. So like I, I feel really fortunate, but it makes me really sad when I see, and you, I'm sure you see it all the time too. When you see girls that are, you know, like you can tell they just like, they would rather be doing something else. And to yes. me, that's the saddest thing because it's like, well, now you've ruined your life yeah. for something that's not worth it to you. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, if it's once it's on the internet, it's never coming down. Yeah. And I hate shooting those kinds of girls because yeah. 
I don't want to be there. If you don't want to be there, I don't want to be there. Yeah. I don't want to feel like I'm making you do something. That yeah. just makes me feel shitty about myself. Yeah, exactly. And it makes you, it's just like, go do something else. Yeah. It's really sad. What would be the pe- first like piece of advice you would give to a girl who wants to get into the industry? Um, I think like whenever someone asks me like, oh, should I do it? I'm always like, would you do this for a regular paying job? Because yeah. then I think, yeah, then you probably want it for the quote unquote right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably like kind of an ignorant way to put it. But like, I just feel like if you if if you if you do porn because you want to do porn and you're an exhibitionist and like you whatever you get out of it is not just the money, mm-hmm. then I think it's worth it. But like if you're after just the money, like it's not that much money. Yeah. First of all, I know people <laughs> think that like we're millionaires. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. And like. The thing is, like, yeah, sure, it's more money than, like, hourly than your average job. But it's, like, not enough money for it to be worth it. Right. At all. Yeah. Um, and then it follows you. Yeah, it, it follows, follows you, you forever. It, it ruins your life in the sense that you can only do it for an X amount of time. And then you have to move on with your life. And moving on with your life is hard. Yeah. You know? And also, it's just, like, your integrity. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, like it, I, I would say definitely just make sure that you would do this for like, honestly, a minimum wage paying job. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that you necessarily lose your integrity doing porn, but I think that you have to be able to really own your sexuality and really own your decision mm-hmm. and be able to defend that against people who mm-hmm. think that, you know, what you've done is compromising your integrity. For sure. Because it is a battle you will yeah. be fighting. Yeah. And also, like, I think, I don't know, I think you lose a little bit of your integrity anytime you do something you don't want to do, right? right? Like, if I were at a nine to five, like just pushing paperwork to me, that would be like compromising my integrity. Yeah. Honestly. So. Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of like those movies and TV shows touch about like corporate soul sucking jobs and mm-hmm. people who just hate, you know, hate their jobs and hate their life. And yeah, you know, people who end up going like postal and fucking shooting up the office. Right. And, I mean, it's just, it's just, is that why it's called going postal? I think so. I just realized. I that. think so because like a lot the post of post office makes you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think because there was quite a few shootings for some reason at, right? Yeah, the producer's just agreeing with us. He's I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay, so that's oh, true. So a lot of postmen have shot up places. So that's why they call it calling postal. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't I, think I'm that's right. a thing anymore, though. Like, I think I heard that the number one um, job where, like, people commit suicide is dentistry. isn't that so random wait seriously yeah i i mean i hope i'm not just like spreading total lies (laughs) but i i'm pretty sure i read in a buzzfeed article once so it must be true that do you think it's because people who don't have a lot of options in terms of a career choice choose dentistry have you noticed that like that's like the one commercial (laughs) that you hear all the time like if you're watching tv at three o'clock on a wednesday afternoon like become a dental hygienist go back to college get a degree for a dental hygienist it'll only take you two years you can do it online maybe i mean there's probably there's got to be some kind of relation there but i i mean is the dental industry that big i I haven't been to the dentist in a couple of years you know i've never had a cavity i've had like one (laughs) really yeah that's also really yeah i have very strong teeth yes 
Yeah, I'm very lucky. So yay us. Yay us. We got <laughs> yeah, amazing fun. teeth. <laughs> if nothing else, we yeah. have incredible teeth, That's strong right. teeth. I have people actually comment on it because, like, I'm pretty loud during porn. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'll open my mouth pretty wide, and mm -hmm. people, like, I've had several people comment to me, like, "Do you have no cavities?" You know, I'm like, as a matter of fact, yes. That is so true. I see girls like in like gagging scenes, yeah. and then like, and all you just see these cavities, yeah. it's like, ugh, <laughs> so ugly. But now they fill you with your cavities with like white stuff that looks like yeah. your teeth, so you can't even yeah. tell. It's true. It's true. So damn like, it. Yeah, I I don't know where my cavity is, but you can't see it. <laughs> you know, I once um, so I have a blowjob video of myself out there. It's not on the internet. Don't get excited. I have it stored away Private somewhere collection. safe, and um, I had never watched myself giving a blowjob before, yeah. and I watched this video, and first of all, I'm really good. Second <laughs> of all, I didn't realize. I mean, I've always known so my two bottom teeth are crooked right here. Yeah. Uh huh. And it was so apparent in this blowjob really? video. And that's all I could look at was my two bottom crooked teeth because it was from above because he was shooting it. And I was like, I've got to fix those fucking teeth. Like, it made me insane. <laughs> and I was like, I could never do porn because I would just obsess over but my teeth But I don't think that has anything to do with your crooked teeth or even the fact that it's yourself. I think that's something – like, you're so – I feel like you're notorious for – those little things like noticing those little obsessing things. over stupid yeah shit. oh my god yes so like i that's probably just yeah what it is i find like the littlest thing and i'm yeah. like Fixated. like yeah like I, I ears if ears stick out too much like, right i gotta fix that like hands i'm really weird about that right like ugh. it's just list goes hands on. are hard hands are really hard girls never know what to do with their hands that's like a big part of when I talk about um, when I'm working with a new girl or when I do my workshops mm -hmm. and I talk about posing, like I do I talk a lot about hands. Yeah. And some girls just have claws that there's nothing I can do about it no matter yeah. what I do with their hands. They just have these fucking – and then they have the long fingernails, which just makes it worse. Right. Hands are also those things where like if you just think about them too much, they become gross. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, Ugh. Yeah, and if I and if I focus and I give a girl too much direction on her hands, <laughs> then she gets really self conscious about where to put them, and it's like it becomes like too much. Yeah, it's like we over talk to the hands. <laughs> it's just not good. Wait, so what are we supposed to do? like hold something? Maybe That's okay. Like so the general rule is if you're posing, you usually don't want the hands like you know how sometimes girls will just like put them on their stomach like right in front right. or something like that or on like their thighs because your hands are as big as your face, right? So they oh. can be quite noticeable. Right. Um, and so you usually want to kind of bring them more to the side of the body to kind of minimize them. And then also if you're holding something like this, if I was to hold my shirt, if I hold it like this, see how you see like I have these big fists right, right. here. If I do this and I flip it up, then my hands are smaller. They appear smaller oh to the camera because you're seeing less of them. And it looks more delicate. It looks more delicate. You see the gradation of the fingers yeah. and the separation of the fingers as opposed to this big bulky piece of flesh right here. Right. Not only that, but it forces you to cut, bring your elbows out because a lot of girls go like this. It forces you to bring your elbows out and your shoulders down. Oh, my God. It's all connected. It's all connected. Is that stuff like you figure it out on your own or did you learn from your mom or like um, what? I, my what mom, I think my mom taught me it yeah yeah my mom is big on hands and then like I just kind of built on it but pretty much everything I know I learned from my mom really yeah yeah 100 percent. that when did that like did you go up to her and you were like hey will you teach me how to do this no no I started off assisting her so I used oh, to work for my mom on set and I used to assist her on shoots how old were you um I started when I was 20 
Okay. And then, so she, and then, you know, I would see like what she would say. And then when I started shooting, so like, and then she, about a year or so after I, cause first I just started working for her, like in the office and assisting her yeah. on sets. And then when I started shooting, she would like hand feed me models that she knew were really good yeah. and experienced. So I didn't have to worry about like trying to, you know, place them. As yeah, much. exactly. Yeah. And then she would, um, look at my stuff afterwards and she would like critique me and she'd be like, okay, you shouldn't do this and that. And, and, and I remember at the time, a lot of times I would think like, I don't see what you're seeing or why is that such a big deal? It looks fine the way it is. Mm -hmm. But now I totally see wow. what she meant. Yeah. Um, but at the time, it was like, I just couldn't see it. But once you do it over and over and over again, you start to see all those things. Did you always want to be a photographer? Yes. Ever since I was 12. Wow. I love how this has turned into you. I know. Me. This is good. This is good. Well, no. these are like things I've always wanted to know no, about you. No, this is you. fine. Like... I love talking about myself. I'm totally down. <laughs> and you wanted to be a photographer because you saw your mom doing it? No, actually. So the first, okay, so I've always been obsessed with images and photos. Like ever since I was a kid, I was always like ripping pages out of magazines and yeah. plastering them to my wall. Um, and so when I was in middle school, I had like an elective and mm -hmm. I was like, I'll take photography. And I remember, um, the first time, and this was back when we actually developed our pictures before yeah. film, before digital when we shot on film. And I remember taking my very first print. This is like such a distinct memory in my head and sliding it into the developing tray and seeing the image start to materialize on that piece of paper. And I was instantly hooked. Like it was just like this, a high. Yeah. It was just this moment. I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. That's and cool. I also loved it too in school because I was really like shy in school and yeah. I wasn't popular. I was a year younger than everybody because I skipped first grade. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt nice little, uh, humble very social there. awkward. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, my parents were, they should not, I should not have skipped a grade. I wasn't that smart. I just. Uh, but you were. You were. I, my reading comprehension was above everybody else, but I was not, my math was not good, like all that stuff. And I also went to a school where there was a lot of like ESL kids. So it was yeah. kind of, it was a little bit unfair. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyhow. <laughs> I found that to be really common and true is like a lot of photographers are introverts. Yes. Like, it's almost like our way for like communicating with people is right. through images. Like yeah. my dad is very much like super antisocial. I wouldn't say you're antisocial, but like yeah. at the time like, I was shy, you yeah. said. And I loved just being able to hide in the dark room. Yeah. Like I would spend my recess and my lunch in the dark room. And I love being in this like safe, dark place and not having to deal with people. Yeah. So that was really, I really loved that. And I also too, like I have this obsession with time and this, like, I always feel like I'm losing time and time's going by very quickly. Like Christmas is a perfect example. We have these Christmas decorations behind us. If you're watching the video, um, I get, I love Christmas and I get very mm -hmm. excited about Me the too. Christmas season, but then I also get very anxious because as Christmas gets in closer, Rather than being excited about Christmas coming. I know coming, what you're going to say. I get, it's going to end it's soon. It's going to end soon. Yes, I'm the same. Yes. I can't enjoy anything nope. because I'm scared, because I'm aware that it's going to end. Yeah, you have, um, I actually learned this the other day, I have FOMO. Oh. Fear, <laughs> fear of missing out. Yeah. And I just, and so it gets to the point where like on Christmas day, I'm like sad. Yeah. Because I'm like, it's Like the over. ultimate Sunday. Yeah. yeah. I hate Sundays. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah. They're the worst. Like, yeah. The next day is Monday and yeah. it's over. Yeah. So... For, for for me, photography is a way to capture a moment in time and freeze it. You're like a memory hoarder. Yes, I am. Um, I take a lot of pictures of like me and friends and stuff like yeah. that. And yeah, I'm weird like that. Oh, but I like it. That's so cute. Mm. That's like really 
sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Are you an only child? No, I have a brother and a sister. I'm oh. the oldest, though. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. So. You seem like an only. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like to boss everyone around. I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so back to you. I mean, unless you want to ask me any more questions about myself, we can totally talk about me. It's fine. <laughs> I have no problem. What else do you want to know the about? Show. Yeah. What else do you want to know about me? <laughs> I was actually listening. I always listen to all my podcasts afterwards, and I always think to myself, "Talk about yourself, less Holly. It's not about you." And no, but me. people tune in because they want to know about you. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why people tune in. I, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm so annoying. I don't know why people want to listen to me. I don't get I it. That's, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of attitude that keeps you successful, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Humility. Humility. A little mixed with a little self-deprecation yeah, yeah. and a little little humble brags yeah, yeah. thrown in there yeah. every yeah. once in a while. Skipped, uh, skipped to the so first grade. No first big grade, deal. Because, you know, I was really smart but let's not get into that <laughs> I don't like to talk about that. I don't like to talk about how smart I am <sighs> so you have a podcast I do let's talk about your podcast um so I have a podcast I've had a few over the last few years mm, my current one is called super curious mm-hmm. I do it with my friend Glenny at Barstool Sports and it's kind of like your show we interview pe- it's an interview show mm-hmm. and we just interview people we're curious about so we had like an episode about satanism where we interviewed a satanist what did you talk about the Church of Satan? Mm-hmm. I so I listened to it wasn't yours, but I did listen to a podcast mm-hmm. about the Church of Satan. It's, it is not what people think. It not is. at all. At all. Like we started the day, no joke. Like when we were interview, so we got to interview a, a, a magister okay. of the Church of Satan, and um, named David Harris, and like he was so cool. And but we started out the day like before he got there, like no joke. Lenny was like terrified, and we thought we were gonna have like a cast spell on us, and like um. We just thought we just had this whole idea that like we were basically our lives were going to be ruined that day mm-hmm. because we've exposed the Church of Satan. But it's basically just atheism. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> like glorified atheism. So yeah. that was cool. And and by the end, I was like, oh, I think I'm probably a Satanist. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting, though, the way that that word has become like so charged. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's like how, like patriotism and like feminism, right. you know, all right. those words are like. People don't actually know what they mean, but they've taken on this negative Any-ism, connotation. I guess. Yeah, that's true. That yeah. is true. Is Any-ism. there an ism that is actually a good word? Ism. <laughs> <laughs> you so win that one. One hundred percent, you win that one. That's that's um. You're right. That has no negative connotation. Not at all, especially when it's all over your face. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was what was your favorite? So that's really interesting because you get to learn about a lot of different people. Yeah, so and we're both really, really cool. curious. So that was like the main thing. Like he Glenny is like um he's a 21-year-old guy from Long Island, super like Italian American, mm-hmm. very like he's just like the most Long Island guy you'll ever meet. I always say he's like a 45-year-old man stuck inside a 21-year-old's <laughs> body. Like he's just hilarious. He does seem to have a <laughs> lot of um from what I've heard, like a lot of issues with things, like a lot of concerns. He's pretty, yeah, he's definitely pretty neurotic, which is my favorite kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, yeah, he's just like, he's just hilarious. Um, I love him. So, so yeah, we just like, and, and we used to only like interview people we were both curious about, but we quickly came to the conclusion that 
we're just each going to do whatever we're curious about and the other person just has to deal with it. Right. So like, um, we just did one on monogamy cause I was like really interested in that. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just something I think about a lot lately. Um, and he was like not interested at all. So do you believe in monogamy? I don't know. I'm still deciding. Like I, <clears throat> so I interviewed this guy, Chris Ryan. Mm-hmm. He wrote this book called sex at dawn, which is amazing. Like for real, everyone go read it. Um, and it just like explores the history of monogamy and it basically talks about how like, you know, monogamy was perhaps not exactly natural for us to like come to that. And it, and it started when like, so in prehistoric times, allegedly or apparently we were like all just promiscuous, not just like one guy, multiple girls, but like everyone within a village was fucking everyone. Right. And like the paternity of a child didn't matter. Mm -hmm. So like, because it was a village raising you. It was a village raising you. normal now today's social construct where you have to raise a child a mother a father and a child right not even like i mean even before that i mean in other cultures Mm -hmm. too like the great you stay with the grandparents Mm -hmm. and it's still like a small family raising totally like the last name matters and like all that stuff so like yeah apparently like when agriculture came around that's when like proper personal property started mattering and you know and people started caring about like the paternity of their children and Mm -hmm. that's when monogamy came around interesting but like but but the book doesn't necessarily it's not like pro or anti-monogamy it just says like you know basically if you if you're constantly feeling like you want to fuck other people this is why yeah so um i don't know like i are you monogamous i am i am I, I didn't believe in it before. Mm-hmm. I mean, the idea of having sex with one person for the rest of your life is kind of, it's a little much to ask, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, but I don't know. Like, I just love my boyfriend so much. I don't really want to be with anybody else. Yeah. And I've kind of never really experienced that before. Yeah. So. That's so interesting you say that because I kind of, I know what you, you, like, okay, like, logically, I don't believe in monogamy. Yeah. Kind of like you said. Like, yeah. it is a lot to ask of someone. And in my yeah. adult life, I've never really, like, been in a completely monogamous relationship. Like, mm-hmm. even in my last marriage, like, we were both in porn. Yeah. So, like, we didn't have sex with people outside of porn, but uh, technically, like, we were still having sex with other people. Right. So, like, I got that fill. But, like, but in my, like, deepest romantic fantasies, yeah, like, I definitely fantasize about monogamy. And, like, to me, that's, like, the ultimate romantic thing. Right. So I don't know, like, I, did, I don't know. Did they talk at all about differences between men and women and their views on monogamy? Yeah. Okay. Like, so um, they were saying to to men the reason monogamy is, like, so, quote, unquote, important is because they want to know the paternity of their child and they want to make sure that um, – <clears throat> They want to make sure that they're supporting, like, their family, I guess. And for women, it's more of, like, well, because back then, like, you know, men were bringing in the money or Mm -hmm. whatever or supporting the family. So they wanted to ensure that the man would do that Mm -hmm. by having their child, I guess. So, yeah. And, and like, um, and, and... I think that somehow explained why men were more sexually jealous and Mm -hmm. women more emotionally jealous, which I find to be true. Yeah. Like... I don't care if, like, if if a guy I'm with has sex with someone, like, I'm pretty unfazed. But, like, if he has, like, an emotional connection or, like, they're going to lunch and, like, laughing at each other's jokes, I turn into a crazy person. <laughs> so, like, 
Yeah, I hear you. Like, I get that. Yeah. yeah. Did it talk at all about men being more um, promiscuous because they're biologically wired that way? No, like it kind of, so it it's kind of like the anti that. Okay. So it's basically saying that like the, that's more of a social construct, I think okay. is what it was proposing is like, we are all, we were all at one time promiscuous. Okay. And, and like the man spreading his seed among several women and women staying faithful to one man thing, like was kind of bullshit. Okay. And like, we were all promiscuous, but because of, you know, social stigmas, blah, blah, blah. Like we have grown to be like the, I guess, more reserved sex. Yeah. Because it's been ingrained in us since mm-hmm. we were young. Yeah. Which makes me feel good. Cause I'm like so horny and <laughs> I, I always was kind of ashamed about it. Like before porn, you know, what's ironic is I'm really not that horny most mm-hmm. of the time. And I'm ashamed about that. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I should be like wanting sex more often because I work in porn, but I'm kind of like, you know, like sex, like once or twice a week is like, good for me so this is my theory and like you're actually this fits right into it is like I think my parents are pretty liberal but like when it comes to sexuality they're very conservative Mm -hmm. and like like to the point where like if there's people making out on tv and I'm with my parents I'm uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and like and I think and when I my mom would like catch me masturbating when I was little she'd be like no no don't do that so I think I grew up like so ashamed about sexuality and that made me hornier. Mm. And I think you probably, I'm guessing, grew up in an environment where like yeah, that it was the case. like sexuality is the most normal thing in the world. Yeah. So like maybe it's not as like It's like taboo for you, so it's more you. interesting yeah. to you. Yeah. Like like anal sex. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I think like probably the way you grew up is way healthier. Yeah, no, I don't have any, like, sexual hang-ups, and I, I don't, you know, really judge other people. Right. I don't, like, I'm not ashamed or anything right. like that. I just, I don't know. I feel like I should want to bone more often, <laughs> and I just feel, like, sad that I'm, like, not like that. I don't know. I feel like I, this is, like, I've honestly never really admitted this before, <laughs> Because I've always felt like this is, you know, I should Your be this. Darkest. Yeah, I should be this like extremely sexually charged person, but I'm like not really. Can you imagine like the TMZ headline, like Holly Randall, not as horny as you think. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so true. I'm so ashamed. I feel like I was more when I was younger, and now I don't know. Now maybe just like my eggs are drying up, and I'm just maybe like, there's no such thing as a person who's perfectly confident with the level of horniness they are yeah that's true like like I think maybe no matter what we're like I should either be hornier or less horny yeah it's just like the human condition of how yeah. like, we're never happy yeah like, if you have straight hair you want curly hair right if you've got curly hair you want straight hair it's so true like it's just never we're never going to be happy. No, so we may as well just give up. <laughs> <laughs> just get, just, this is, that's it. I'm done. I'm done with life. I'm, just I'm not, done trying. I'm just not horny enough. <laughs> I'm never going to be happy. <laughs> just, yeah. Take up knitting. Over. Oh, God. Uh, my mother knits. <laughs> I don't want to go there. My mother knits and she is definitely not horny anymore. <laughs> Unless but your he, mom's like a unless, pretty notoriously horny person, oh right? Oh my god! It's if you watch like old, um, we came across an, a lot bunch of old interviews of her, um, 
when she, so before I was born, this is actually about a year before I was born, um, she came out with this salacious book called um, Suze mm-hmm. that my dad actually wrote, but my mom, you know, promoted as her own word. It was about, you know, like her dalliances at the Playboy Mansion and, um, you know, all of the celebrities that she slept with and all that kind of crazy shit. Oh my God. And, um, and so she went on this press tour and... <laughs> It's so funny because this is the 70s, right? So she's being interviewed by these guys. She was on like a current affair and she was on like the Tom Snyder show. And so she's being interviewed by these, you know, journalists who like take themselves very seriously. Yeah. You remember like how, I mean, this has only been kind of like a newer thing where journalists have kind of loosened up a little bit. Yeah, but they yeah, used to yeah, take yeah, themselves yeah. like very fucking yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like everyone was very like Diane Sawyer, yeah. you know, like. Even like Robin Leach is like a pretty like yeah. self-important kind of guy. Yeah, like. and he's just talking about like how much money other people yeah. have. Like, how is that important? <laughs> yeah. So, and she just like unnerved every single one of these guys. And the way that she, you have to watch the interviews. They're on my YouTube page. Um, youtube.com slash Holly Randall photo, but you should seriously go look at him because she just looks like she's going to eat these guys alive. Yeah. Like she just like, your mom is like like very much a pioneer in that way. Like, yeah. Women weren't like allowed to be like that. No. And it's actually really funny because there's this one, it was for the, when she did a current affair in Australia and the interviewer asks her and he's like, what kind of mother are you going to be? Like, what kind of morals are you going to teach your children? And my mom was like, well, I'm going to teach them things that any parent should teach their child, you know, honesty, respect, Mm -hmm. like, you know, that kind of stuff. And he was just like, you know, your children are going to grow up to be, you know, these horrible heathens. Yeah. And it was so, and then it was crazy because I'm born a year later. Right. Right. And I was so angry seeing that because, like, my parents were fucking amazing parents. Right. Like, I had great parents. They were so – and still are so supportive of me and um, so loving and, you know, provided an incredible education. I mean, I went to Cotillion when I was a kid. Like, I did, like, fucking ballroom dancing. Right, right, right. Um, horseback riding, tennis, like, had a tutor, you know, went to private school. Like, they right. were very um, – and so, like, I had fantastic parents. Right. And so it was so frustrating. Infuriating to, to see someone, to see like, just shit on that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I'm, like, the craziest of all of my siblings. My brother's a lawyer. My sister's a nurse. So, like, right. I'm the only one who ended up in the adult industry. Right. So it was just so such a misguided question. But, I mean, it was just all of the interviews were like that. Like, all of the, the male journalists, yeah. they were all male. Yeah. They interviewed her, like, kind of attacked her in that way. Well, I'm glad, though. I'm glad that they got, like, shaken up. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's pretty funny because they're clearly very uncomfortable around her. Right. I mean, she really made people uncomfortable. Yeah. It's it's hilarious. I mean, even now, I think people are really threatened by, like, sexual females. Yes. A lot of people are still, like, like that can't be a thing. Do you feel like you get that a lot? Like, is that hard for you? I would imagine it's hard for you to date. Yeah, it it, it is. I mean, dating's hard anyway, I think. Um, And I mean, I I don't, I don't know. I don't think maybe that's not what makes dating hard for me. But like, yeah, I I do definitely get that feeling. Um, Do you get guys that are scared to sleep with you? because, Like normal guys that because they're afraid that they like won't measure measure up? up Yeah, definitely. I mean, what is your favorite kind of sex? Do you love like being dominated or do you actually like, is your favorite kind of sex like the opposite of what you do on camera? No, it's very much like what I do on camera. Like, you know, I I mean, there's definitely like, I think porn can be done so many different ways. Like Mm -hmm. it's obviously a personal experience for everyone. But like for me, I'm, I'm definitely not one of those people who's like, like I see porn as like an extension of my 
sex life. Mm-hmm. Like I um like I like being on camera and I like that someone's gonna be masturbating to it and mm-hmm. I like making a product and like I, I just like being on display like that. Like to me that turns me on. And like even at home, like I love taking home videos and mm-hmm. like just like almost like the performance aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I love um and yeah, I do like being, I guess, pretty submissive, but like, I don't, I guess it depends on the person, like what kind of sex I like to have. But yeah, I mean, I think nothing beats like in love sex. Yeah. Like nothing beats that. Yeah. Cause that's not just sex. It's, it's intimacy. And yeah. There's a difference. Yeah, for sure. And like, that's something I'm just now learning, I think too. Like, I, I think for a long time I was really confused, like the difference between like intimacy and sex Mm -hmm. um but yeah so I I think but I also like to like allow myself like even when I'm on a porn set like I'll I used to like be kind of embarrassed about this but like I would have moments where like I felt like I was like in love with the person I was working with Mm -hmm. and then but now I'm just like whatever I'm just gonna allow myself to feel that way yeah (laughs) because I I won't feel like that coming out of it you know yeah you're you're in the moment yeah I think that's what delivers a great scene that's probably made you such a great performer because there's something that's very it's interesting the difference between like acting you know like mainstream acting and porn Mm -hmm. is that there's an authenticity to the way that you give yourself up in a scene because it's kind of hard to fake I've noticed that fans are very good at noticing who's faking and who's Mm -hmm. actually into it yeah because there's a lot of like female performers that are you know pretty popular gorgeous um but you can just tell that they're faking it in the scene and then there's other girls who are maybe not so Conventionally pretty, yeah. Marketable, yeah. Who are just so into it. So raw. And so raw. And you can just like. Yeah, I think that. With a certain viewer, I think, yeah, that like really, really, really matters. And then I think there's also the viewer that like does not give a shit. They just want to look at like the most beautiful girl. Yes. And then, yeah. That's the kind of great thing about porn, though, is that it encompasses so many different kinds of people. And you can Mm -hmm. be almost anything and look like anything and, and someone, someone will like it I know will love it I yeah that's I love that and that's something that like you really don't see in mainstream you know I mean you're seeing there's more heavier set women being cast in roles in mainstream but like they really had to fight to get there and they have to and even fight to now, stay there it's not yeah. the like it's not the norm and it's yeah. more of like a token thing. Yeah. Like, you know, the company's going to be like, oh, we're going to be PC and put a heavier woman in this role. Right, right, Whereas right. in porn, yeah. yeah, there's a whole yeah. fetish and section for BBW women. Right. And people fucking love them yeah. because they're bigger. They're not like, um, they're not, um, oh my God, sometimes <laughs> I forget the most simple fucking words. <laughs> It's okay. You're traveling. No, I do this it's all hard the time. To think when- <laughs> I try to be smart, and then my brain just shuts down, and I can't. Sometimes I just want to sit here with the thesaurus and be like, "What can I say? It's gonna make me it's like you really didn't fucking skip intelligent." First grade. It's like a. T- <laughs> <laughs> it's but so it's so true. true. Like I, I really do. I do love that about porn. Like it. No matter what you look like, there's going to be someone out there jerking off to you. There's even, like, ugly people fetish. Yeah. <laughs> How sad is that? You know, I always think about that, like, whenever there's, like, 
I'm watching like a mainstream show or a movie and then there's like that clearly ugly person. Yeah. Like how does that casting call go? Like yeah. we're looking for an ugly person. Sign up here if you're ugly. I like, know, right? Well, I mean, and then how do you feel getting that role? Yeah. Like, like I was uglier than all of them. <laughs> <laughs> like and that must feel weird. Yeah, it's so true. And then they, and then they'll take like really good looking people and cast them in the role of really like, like you know that new Tanya Harding. Oh my! Movie? I can't oh. wait to see it. Yeah, but they put Margot Robbie, yeah, it's, who's like one of the most beautiful women, yeah. and Tanya Harding was not attractive. It's kind of offensive to ugly people. It's kind yeah. of like casting even, a, a normal sized person in a little person role. Yeah, it's like you could have thrown them that bone, and exactly. instead you hired Margot Robbie, the most yeah. beautiful woman on earth. There's plenty of like not very good looking yeah. actresses who are great who could have taken if that role. Anything she should have been Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> she should have like worn a brown wig and been Nancy Carroll. Right. That she was the more. pretty one. Right. I, I feel the same way. I feel like that's so unfair that yeah. you did that. Like I'm obsessed with Tonya Harding though. Really? Yeah. Like I just she, she works actually, she was working at a bar in the town that I was just in in Oregon where my friend got did married. Did you see her? We didn't. <gasps> but we kinda wanted to like I don't I think she only worked like on she also like was working on like she was doing landscape. Wait, thing. is she like a celebrity? No, bartender? she's like trying to live like her life, like just working as a bartender, and then she works like in landscaping. Oh, like God. up in Oregon. She should start an OnlyFans account. <laughs> you should start a business where you find like washed up like actresses, celebrities, like D-level celebrities, and then help them start yeah. an OnlyFans like, account. Use my referral code. <laughs> Do one hundred percent. I think I'm, you know what? Yeah. Don't edit this part out because okay. I'm going to do it. <laughs> You're like, it's called like Asa's second chance yeah. or something like that. <laughs> oh my God. I think you should do it. <laughs> you can work from home. And <laughs> exactly. And make so much money. <laughs> yeah. But she should, I mean, if anyone should start an OnlyFans account, it's Tanya Harding. I would sign up. What would she? What would you want to see her do? Literally though? anything. I don't even care. <laughs> it could just be a live stream of her, like talking. doing landscaping. Yeah, or landscaping. I would watch that. I would. Pay, I would pay twelve ninety nine for that. <laughs> oh my god. So are you still? Uh, are you still under contract with Wicked? I'm actually not. You're so not. I, yeah, like I haven't talked publicly about it that much. Mm -hmm. This might be like the most public thing I've talked about it on. But yeah, so we, um, I'm, I'm not under contract with them anymore. Um, but you're not really shooting anymore, right? So like right now, like like this month, I'm not shooting. Um, but I'm I'm trying to like figure out what my next move is. Because um, I am in New York a lot now and I am going through a divorce. And like I'm, I'm trying to like figure out my life right now so and you know I'm at Barstool and I'm podcasting so I have other stuff and I've definitely gotten spoiled by like contract life in the sense that like you know when you're freelance like you it's hard to turn a gig down after because mm -hmm. it's you just always want to be around and mm -hmm. it, it's hard like you say you'll you'll only shoot once a week but it never ends up being that like because mm -hmm. there's oh I want to do this shoot and this shoot so this week I'll do three and then mm -hmm. it becomes every week and so I've become spoiled by the schedule of being with Wicked, where I shoot, like, once a month. So I'm trying to, like, do something like that. So we'll see, like, where that goes. I'm, I'm talking to, like, a few different companies and stuff, and we'll see. 
No, I've never shot you except for I know. flashlight. I know. I still remember that day when we had that big fan. Yes. And we were like, look, I'm your biggest fan. Oh, God. I was so proud of that joke. <laughs> it was such a good joke. I was so proud of it. it. such a good joke. <laughs> like, I still remember it clear as day. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And we did oh, your... actually, no. We shot a calendar together once. Oh, my God. Um, for that crazy bitch. Yeah. Dude, oh, she my was God. Insane. She was so mean. She was so mean. She was insane. Like, she went off on me because somebody else posted a picture a selfie of themselves on set where you couldn't even really see anything you could only see like the I remember face. that I remember and she posted on Twitter and the woman went off on me yeah I remember that and said that I had lost her a deal with like Barnes and Noble right. and like all this shit I'm like you never had a big deal with Barnes yeah. and Noble you're so full of shit yeah like she went ape shit on me it was crazy I've never that. had anyone go ape shit on me the way that she did and she was talking all this like I was shooting in another part of the property and apparently she came down into the model room. She started talking shit about me to all you guys. Right. I don't remember if she was talking shit. I, I don't remember how I heard about what you just said, but I remember I think you told me that part. Actually, you might have been I might have been shooting you at the time. I don't know. But, but she definitely went in. I remember someone a bitch. texted me. I had been Puma and she was like, dude, this woman is in here going off about you. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And yeah, and then she like was at like um some kind of convention later, and then like she was a bitch then too, and, and she was trying to sell the magazine, the, the calendars, calendar. yeah. and um, Puma, I, Phoenix was there, Phoenix Marie was there, and they were like really badly done with like spiral binding. She's like, oh my god, yeah, like, like and terrible. yeah, it was supposed to be this like super glam awesome yeah. thing, and yeah, it was like, I hate it when I work for clients who don't know what they're doing and they hire me and then they don't follow through with mm -hmm. the whole production. So I shoot like these beautiful pictures for them, but then like they don't get them retouched. They don't right. like, you know, present them in like a, a professional yeah. way. And it just ends up looking like. Because it cheapens like your brand. Oh, right? totally. Yeah. 100%. That's, that sucks. And it was funny too. At the end of the day, she like, I guess she felt bad. So like to apologize, she gave me like a 24 pack of Corona. <laughs> Whoa, really? And I don't drink, so I was like, fake. That's a very strange apology gift. Yeah. It Not was, even a bottle of wine. Yeah, it was like a 24-pack of Corona. I don't know where she got that from. It was so weird. It was probably like in the back of her car. Yeah, I, honestly, like, I think it was just like laying around. Yeah. And she was like, I'll just give this to her. as like, like an a apology. Sorry. Yeah, it was, it was really, really odd. <laughs> But, oh, my God. <laughs> I actually – you know what I remember the most about that? I remember the tweet that you put out but the day before that where you said um, call time like 8 a.m., which means I'm getting up and, like, going to the gym at 5 a.m. because I'm Asian. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember reading that and thinking, she's so fucking dedicated and I'm so lazy. Like, fuck. Like, but you know what? I, I'm not like that anymore. Like – I, I used to be, though. But I, I'm just a really obsessive person. Like, yeah. there was um a good few years where I refused to travel for work unless um there was a gym in the hotel. And I'm not, like I, – I don't really think I'm, like, a high-maintenance person or anything mm -hmm. like that. But, like, that's how obsessed I was. But I used to do drugs, you mm -hmm. know? So I, I think that's probably because of that. Like, I feel like people who have addictive personalities yes. are just, like, we pick one thing to, like, fixate on. And then if we can't get that thing, it, like, ruins our whole day. What do you think you're fixated on now? Um, Not candles. Not candles. Not working out. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm so depressed because I'm, I'm not fixated on anything right now. Um, I don't know, actually, right now. 
Whoa. Maybe I'm like mentally healthy right now. Oh my God. No, God. that's impossible. Yeah. Let's not let that Let's continue. Not. Yeah. Let's come up with something <laughs> yeah. new to be obsessed about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think. You know what? But actually, I, I think I'm having a midlife crisis right now. So maybe that's like my obsession. Yeah. Like, and Trying to you figure know, out your journey. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm going through a lot of changes. So I think probably that's keeping me my mind occupied yeah I remember so, when I got when I got divorced I yeah that was a big mm-hmm. that was a big change for me because yeah. I you know I, I stayed in my marriage for a long time how long four years mm-hmm. I wanted to I tried to get it annulled six months after I got married whoa yeah I was not into it yeah like the whole time I was so unhappy yeah and he just like guilted me into saying yeah um and so I just and a lot of what kept me in there was fear yeah, I was course. afraid to go out and start dating again, especially mm-hmm. in L.A., you know, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm too old. Mm-hmm. I was like 34. And L.A. Time. will make you hate yourself. Yeah. Like, I've never hated myself more than when I'm in L.A. Yeah. For sure. It's 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 hard because everyone around you is beautiful and skinny and perfect. And not only that, like, it's even, like, there's that. And then also, like, people are, like, constantly working on themselves on top of that. Yeah. So, like, and then, like, also people are, like, driving these beautiful cars like yes. your waiter is in a Mercedes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. so it, there's so much keeping up with the Joneses and like, yes, it's exhausting. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's funny. I, I'll, I'll be in LA mm-hmm. and I'll think I'm the ugliest, fattest, mm-hmm. oldest person. And then I'll go to anywhere, else. anywhere else. <laughs> and I'll be like, I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm doing good. It's I am so like actually true. not the ugliest person in the room right now. It's so true. It's That's kind- why I like New York because like no matter in New in New York, it's New York's the opposite of LA in that way. Like, whereas like New York, no matter how beautiful and rich and successful you are, like your life is shit. <laughs> like you're miserable because it's cold for most of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, the fastest way to get anywhere is always still going to be the subway. So even yeah. if you have like a chauffeur and like an Aston Martin or whatever, like it's still faster to take the subway or walk really fast. <laughs> right. And then like, and it's just like, and you're still living in a tiny apartment compared to like what you could have in Texas. Right. Right. So like, it's, it's like no matter what life is hard in New York. And I like that. <laughs> kind of levels the playing field yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Like you, it's like, it doesn't matter. We all feel like shit here. So. <laughs> <laughs> feel less than just move to New York yeah. and then you'll feel great about yourself. Exactly. It's a great ego booster. <laughs> Okay, so I wanted, I've been eyeing the back of your phone mm-hmm. because I've been, I think I've been seeing you promote this. What, what is going on here? It's just, so I have this thing, it's things I wish I could Instagram.com and it just links to my OnlyFans. Yeah, I've noticed that, and which is like, by the way, really smart. Thanks. You're really smart at marketing yourself. <laughs> Thank you. But like, yeah, so I, I put a sticker on the back of my phone. It's like a picture of my tits covered in the thing that says things I wish I could Instagram. But like, I've been kicked off Instagram so many times. So I was like, fuck it. I'm Weren't just going to make gonna an OnlyFans. Weren't you going to make this a sticker thing? Weren't you going to like sell this as like artwork or something i'm always like gonna do something and then not doing it because i would like hang that on my wall oh thanks i think that's really cool thank you um but yeah so like i i'm also obsessed with buying domains like i never use what are some of the best ones um i own pasta 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 pasta.com and that's because i thought i had one day like i was actually with my friend corel um and he we were like, oh, you know what would be a great domain for, like, an online store or something? Pasta, pasta, pasta.com. 
But like pasta, pasta, pasta.com was like $7,000 or something. So I bought pasta, 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 pasta.com. And then. <laughs> Wait, how many pastas is that? Four. Four pastas. That's a it lot doesn't of, link to anywhere right that's now. That's a lot of pastas. Yeah. So pasta, also, so the three pastas was taken. Taken. Oh, no. It was just too expensive. But two is two mm-hmm. pastas taken? I think two pastas is taken by like a restaurant in and like Chicago or something. And obviously pasta is taken. Yeah. And then what else? Oh, the other day I went to buy awardwinningasshole.com and I was like, fuck, it's taken. And I went to click on the thing and it was taken by me. <laughs> <laughs> like I had already bought it. And then what else do I have? Um, oh, you know what? I saw one time anal.net was available. <gasps> it was available for like $22,000, but it was that. only up for one day. So someone like snatched it up. Horiental is available. Um, but that one's expensive too. Like it's, I, I only buy the ones that are eleven ninety nine. Like yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going above that. No. I unless don't. it's like incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it would have to be anal.com. But even then it's like. Hi Danny. We can see her in the background. Oh my God. I almost wore the same jacket as her. Thank God I didn't. The Pornhub mm-hmm. one. I know. She's been wearing it obsessively. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. It invites a lot of um, attention. I bet. Like people automatically think that's like. I mean, I don't mind when people come up to me, but it's definitely like one of those things where people are like, okay, she's open to talking today. Yeah. Do you get approached a lot on the street? Mm-hmm. I think it's because I'm – my theory on that, like I think I get recognized more than um, other people in the industry because like I think there's, again, so few Asian girls in the business that mm-hmm. if you ever search for Asian porn, mm-hmm. like you'll have seen me. Yeah. So I think that's – why? It's also because you're a fucking superstar. No, I mean like I, thanks, but <laughs> thanks, keep going. No, <laughs> but um, but I think did that's you skip why. a grade? <laughs> no, I, mean, I didn't. I didn't. So you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, I'm just gonna leave but... that there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I just and I graduated a year late. If anything. Oh really? So, yeah. It's because you were too busy experimenting with life and following your path. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. amazing having you. I've always wanted to have you on, so I was so excited. And I would love to shoot you again someday. Yes. Maybe not as a token geisha. Yeah. Maybe we could do something (laughs) like normal. Something normal. Yeah. Um, where can people find you on social media if um, they don't already know? On my Twitter is just at Asa Akira. My Instagrams are at Asahole, at Asahole3, and at Asahole5, and at Asahole7. Um, D- those just all backups? They're backups and they're also dedicated to different things. Oh. Like Asahole3 is selfies only. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Asahole5 is like home stuff. And it's also like I lurk with it huh. a lot, yeah. Um, you know, and also whole seven is just like I don't like nothing. It's just I I'm parking on the name. <laughs> so um, yeah, and, and then, then where where can people see your uh, podcast? My podcast is at supercuriouspod.com. Also, all my latest movies are still on wicked.com, um, and I still have more coming out with them. So. Okay. And then if people want to find your OnlyFans, which you have My OnlyFans is um, thingsiwishicouldinstagram.com. 
That was a good URL. That is a get. good URL. Yeah. Yeah. That was smart. I'm really into like long URLs. I, th- I think it's funny when like URLs are long. Yeah. Like, it's it's just funny. To yeah. Me. You just better hope that people can actually spell. Right. A lot of people can't spell. Yeah. Also, I'm constantly inputting it and spelling it wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> it's probably not the best thing, but whatever. I think it's funny. So. <laughs> okay. And also people need to buy your book. Oh, yeah. Also, also erotica. Duh. Yeah. Osterotica, you can get it at Amazon or Barnes & Noble or, like, wherever they sell books. Or your independent bookstore, if that still exists. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a curated book of mm-hmm. other stories written by it's all short erotic fiction. Yeah. Written by all porn stars. And some of them are so good. Like... The Caden one was amazing. Oh, my God. Well, obviously. Yeah. Like... I mean, I always Caden knew she was amazing. smart, but I didn't yeah. realize, it's like, incredible. she wrote like that. Oh, Yeah. It was really she's, amazing. I knew. Like, I've seen other things she's written. But, yeah, she's, like, on a whole other level. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite stories were, like, Dana's, obviously Joanna's. Yeah. Um, Angela White's is amazing. Oh, really? Oh, my God. You should read that one. It's, okay. like. I'm having her on my. It's funny because I have cry. I have Joanna Angel and um, Angela coming on and my you podcast. And Dana. And I just had Dana yeah. coming on in the next couple of weeks. And yeah. uh, Caden just went live last week. Yeah. So oh, it's, awesome. it's like it's weird. Very, yeah. That, and I'm going to have Casey on too. Yeah. I have like all these girls that are in your book. It's like very <laughs> strange timing. That's amazing. Thank you. I'm literally I doing it. your like yeah. podcast book tour <laughs> for you, you unintentionally. Much. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll send you my invoice. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Um, and you can find me at Holly Randall on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to support my podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall unfiltered. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys next week. That was a fun interview. I love that girl. And honestly, I was a little bit worried that she wasn't going to say yes when I asked her. I was a little bit surprised that she did. That girl is super busy. She's got a lot of irons in the fire. And with everything going on in her life and with her own podcast that she does, I wasn't sure that she was going to say yes, but she did. And I'm so glad that she did because she's somebody that I admire very much. And it was such a pleasure to get to know her. I love how she feels that the porn industry has taught her so much about herself and that she's kind of grown into her own sexuality through the industry. And I've heard this from a lot of different girls that the porn industry really can be a safe space for you to learn and understand your own sexuality. And I just love those kinds of happy ending stories, no pun intended, that I get from girls like that. So thank you also for coming on the show. We loved having you on and hopefully you'll be able to come back again another time. Next on the show, also here in New York, I'm going to be having one of my very best friends in the whole wide world on Danny Daniels. She is so amazing. I could go on forever and ever about all the wonderful things about her, but I'm going to let you find all of that stuff out for yourself if you tune in next week for my interview with Danny Daniels here in New York City. <laughs>